The Beers and Ears podcast is sponsored by Riss and Cal. This holiday season in your search for stocking stuffers, you don't have to be like the Mad Titan, scouring the universe to collect all six stones. Instead, find all the tech accessories you need for your friends and family in one place. Whether it's wireless neck fans for those warm days at the studios, or a waterproof case for when you're searching for that wandering rabbit, they've got an entire assortment. When you go to fourfrills.com shop, that's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop. Select your items and then use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout. You'll get 15% off your purchase. Don't forget that proceeds of the purchase go to help nonprofits and a portion of the proceeds help to support the Beers and Ears podcast as well. So head on over to fourfrills.com and use that promo code today to get a jump start on your holiday shopping. Let's start the show. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. There was an idea to bring together 23 episodes of a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that when we needed it, we were ready for the premiere of Black Widow. This is That Podcast. And now for your hosts of the Beers and Ears Podcast, here's Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to day seven of the Beers and Ears podcast, Infinity Saga series. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. We are officially a week into this wonderful journey. It is crazy that we are already assembling together here to talk about the Avengers. And it's even crazier when I think about the fact that this movie is eight years old. And, yeah, and think of uh, how cute we were in 2012 going like six heroes on the screen at the same time. Wow. Absolutely. And so that is what we're here to talk about. The Avengers, the first time the the craziness of these individual story arcs come together for one epic adventure. You know, yesterday I, I had talked about how it seems small now. Uh the, the Avengers, the idea of that that movie seems small now, but at the time was a, a movie history making event. And let's not forget that the Avengers, the original Avengers, is still one of the top producing movies in the history of cinema in terms of gross ticket sales. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think it's still up there at number three, number five, something along those lines. I was reading last night. It is still a top grossing movie of all time, all based on a gamble that Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios took just a couple years prior to say, we're going to try this thing. And I mean, to be honest with you, Matt, I think that there were probably voices in Hollywood saying you were out of your gosh darn mind to pull something like this together, you know? I'm I'm sure there were. Um, But I remember this film, when this film got announced, so I mean, I was um, two of my good friends, Henry and Mark, like we made a pact that we were going to watch this movie in theaters together. Like no matter what we were doing, we were going to see it opening weekend or opening night, wherever we were. So we we saw it. um, Me and Henry went to the same college. We roomed together. So Mark came and saw us that weekend. And we went and saw that movie in a theater in Holland, Michigan. And so like that was something we waited 
two to three years for. And so that to have that be the culmination of this waiting, it was a huge deal. And I agree with you. It seems so trivial now. And like I said in the opening, like there's six characters on screen and we lost our minds. And that that sequence, when the camera circles around them all at once, that, I mean, that, that, that still gave me chills watching it yesterday. I mean, Oh yeah. it, and again, it, it's obviously such an important part of movie cinema history that it's reused again in Endgame when they go back in time with the time heist. But to see it in all its glory, what a shot, man. What a shot. Well, and, and even we're jumping ahead to the final battle here, but there's that long shot where it goes through all the Avengers fighting throughout the city. And, you know, Iron Man's uh, Black Widow's flying to get the scepter and Iron Man comes in and, and takes out some people and then lands and Unabeams, Captain America's shield. And then uh, it, like, oh, it, it, like that scene is so cool. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's, it's still so awesome. Yeah, no, I, I completely, completely agree. And, and rewatching it, it's funny because I just watched this eh, 90 days ago, not before I even realized we were going to do this, before I even realized we were going to do go through and do the Infinity Saga series. I, I just watched it. I just was scrolling through Disney Plus and I was like, oh, I'm going to you know pick that up and rewatch that. And it's just as captivating. And in fact, again, it, it seems small, but when you're actually in it, it, it's not. I mean, it, it's a massive undertaking. It's it's almost an origin story of origin stories, you know? Like, yeah. You know, and it, it amazes me how for literally the first two thirds of the movie, you don't really see them together. There's not a lot of action per se for the first two. I mean, there's a couple of action sequences, but it's a lot of exposition, a lot of dialogue, but you're not bored by it. If anything, it it sets it up brilliantly. And then that final third of the movie, that third act, the whole action sequence in New York, you, you, you just, you can't help, but just beat your jaw down at, at how they shot that. You know, that most of that movie is shot in Cleveland. Oh yeah. The most of that movie. So they originally, they were going to film that in Detroit, but the governor at the time removed tax credits. So they moved to Cleveland and then they superimposed the New York skyline later with with digital technology that's funny that was really interesting yeah so what was the what's the highlight of the movie for you like best part best character stuff like that Uh, well you know this goes to back to what we were talking about yesterday loki loki by far he is such a formidable villain in this again and and the, the even the way that he 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 talks to the Chitari, like when he goes in to give them kind of a status update and he basically says it's not yours yet and like basically flies in the face of 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 the of the of the other we'll beyond the earth to greater worlds the tesseract will unveil you don't have the tesseract yet i don't threaten but until i open the doors until your force is mine to command, you 
Robin was, you will have. You know, and yeah, I, I, I think that Loki and and Tom Tom Hiddleston, I think he really comes to his comes into his own even more so in this movie than he was in Thor. Um, one of my favorite moments of the movie with him is the scene in Germany, and. I'm an emotional guy. If you guys haven't figured that out by now, then I don't know what you're listening to. Uh, <laughs> but the moment in Germany when Loki makes that crowd of people kneel. In the end, you will always kneel. Not to men like you. <laughs> there are no men like me. There are always men like you. Talk about just, wow. I, I'm a huge World War II, Nazi Germany history buff that whole, you know, and, and then of course have Captain America who came out of that time to go fight yeah. Nazis, come in in that moment with that American shield and protect that man. I just, the, that is, I know we weren't going into favorite parts of the movie yet, but that is just, I had to put that one in there because, oh my God, that is just no, one that of makes my sense. favorite, favorite parts of the movie. Favorite parts. Um, I also think that um, Black Widow really comes into her own in this movie too. That was going to be my thought Thanks, from this. Yeah. My, my favorite parts are these, there's two Black Widow interrogation scenes. The one oh, right at the beginning. Yes. yes. Where, where Coulson calls her and she's like, this guy's giving me everything. And then, and then just in that scene where as she's fighting and it cuts to Coulson, just like patiently waiting on the phone. I love that scene so much. I got to put you on hold. And you just hear her in the background kicking butt. <laughs> and then the, the scene with Loki, where you think that Loki is getting to her. And then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> I won't touch Barton. Not until I make him kill you. Slowly, intimately, in every way he knows you fear. And then he'll wake just long enough to see his good work. And when he screams, I'll split his skull. This is my bargain, you mewling quim. You're a monster. <laughs> oh no. You brought the monster. So, Banner. That's your play. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I think she was a sneaky, like, oh, this is a really good character. And I know we're leading up to Black Widow here. And so watching this made me even more excited for the Black Widow standalone movie. Yeah. Especially when like her and Barton are talking about Budapest and, 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 and she goes, kind of reminds me of Budapest. He goes, you, you and I remember Budapest differently. Like it makes me excited. Cause apparently I don't know if we're going to see Budapest in the new movie or if we're going to hear stories about it or flashbacks, but apparently that's going to play a big part of the new movie. You know, it, I, I did, I timed it. So when Iron Man is under the, under the ocean or under whatever he's at, that is 23 minutes into the movie. That is huge. Uh, the fact that he does not appear until 23 minutes into the movie. In fact, when I was doing some research on the movie last night, I learned that when they were originally pinning the strip, script, Robert Downey Jr. Um, had gone to Josh, Josh Whedon and said, you know, you really should start this movie with Iron Man. I mean, he's been the foundation of the entire series from the beginning. 
and Joss Whedon said, oh, that's a good idea, but I'm going to go with a different direction or something along those lines. And then when Robert Downey Jr. read the script, he's like, nope, you're right. This is exactly the right decision. So it was kind of interesting to see kind of him fall back a little bit to, to kind of play. I mean, even, you know, Banner gets in there before um, Iron Man. And I, and I wonder how much of that has to do with the fact that they kind of had to reintroduce the Hulk a little bit. Yeah, they did. You know? What, what did you think of the Hulk in this movie? Because because oh, they they them. do a surprising amount of of backstory and and like character development for him. They did or they didn't. They did. Yeah, say so they did. I, I think that I think that they had to. And I I told you this offline that I have a new appreciation now for the Incredible Hulk movie. In in the Hulk, I guess now that I've seen the movie going into this first of all the only the only mention of his backstory in a lot of ways i don't say mention the only i guess you could say framing of his backstory is when um he's got that ipad or whatever he's looking at in some of the carnage from the original movie now whether or not that was actual footage from the movie i don't know but i thought that was a clever way to introduce that into the movie but I, i i do think that they did a lot of um a lot of clever ways in a lot of ways, he kind of is the anti-hero of the movie, kind of. I mean, we used that term when we talked about The Incredible Hawk a couple days ago when we watched the movie, but he still kind of is an anti-hero in this movie. Loki's planning on using him. They know how dangerous he is. They built the they built the container to hold him in case he gets out of control, right? Mm-hmm. Even Fury's statement at the very beginning about low levels of gamma radiation not being harmful, uh, and Fury going that can be harmful. You know, like I just I, like I think that they were very clever because they knew that the Incredible Hulk didn't do as well. It was the low point of of setting everybody up, but they didn't miss a beat in my opinion. No, not at all. So what were what was the low point of this movie for you? I the only low point I've really got is the woman at the end who was saved and says, Captain America saved my life and you know, like this fangirl of Captain America. Like I thought something was off when I saw her face in the building and the door got closed. I could see her face through the window. It's like, why did they spend so much time on her? And then they went back to her a second time. And of course the third time she does the, the, the interview or Captain America. I thought that, I think, I think the montage at the end was not necessary. I know why they did it. They're setting themselves up for what will eventually become the storyline of the Avengers going too far, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I just, I felt that she was not necessarily needed per se. We, we are, we are like on the same wavelength. I, I promise you listeners, we don't talk about these things before we, before, because we want to try to get some authentic reactions. Right. That was exactly my same low point. That girl was is it? just, it, it like, it, it, I agree with you. It's just not necessary. It's like, why is this in here? <laughs> Now, I will say the montage itself did kind of choke me up a little bit, but I just felt her interview was too inauthentic. Yeah, the, the yeah. montage is fine. Just her interview was like, Captain America saved my life. Yeah. And it just, it, it, yeah. just, it just doesn't, doesn't land for me. Me neither. I, I will say that I think I suffered a little bit from the Mandela effect, kind of, where I was expecting to see some more moments in Stark tower where they're taking the Tesseract down the elevator and all that stuff. 
not realizing <laughs> that that was from the end game. It was from in game. Yeah. Like not, yeah. not realizing that, that, that didn't happen in the movie. I was expecting to see that and going, where is this? Where is this? Like, isn't this when Hydra reveals itself? Like, and I, I realized, no, this is not when any of that happens. That all comes later. So I will say that was a little, <laughs> a little awkward for me at first. So yeah, that, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. I've got, uh, I've got two moments that I, I want to shout out from this movie that, that are, are awesome. Okay. The, the first one is uh, for in the third act where Captain America goes up to the police officers and starts giving them directions. Yes. And, you know, and then the police officer responds with, why should I listen to you? And then he fights off, you know, some Chitari yep. and, and just how, how that police officer delivers that line where he just turns on. I need men in those buildings, lead the people down and away from the streets. You got it. We're going to set up a perimeter all the way down to 39th street. <laughs> he just snaps into it. It's fantastic. Yep. And then one of the things I remember in seeing this movie was at the end when the Hulk is fighting Loki and he just picks him up and just like a rag doll. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by... I I remember for the longest time I never knew what the Hulk said, which is puny god. Puny god, yes, I have that on my notes. (laughs) I never knew that because the theater went bonkers when that happened. Like everyone was just yes. It is quite possibly the best scene in Marvel Cinematic Universe history. It is. It's it goes to a larger point. I, I believe that, and I and and I, I was thinking about this last night. For some reason, I feel like this movie and some of the earlier Marvel works don't take themselves as seriously as some of the later stuff. Yeah, does that make sense? I feel like you know, granted, Endgame, Infinity Wars was a very serious movie. I mean, it was talking about genocide for crying out loud. I get that, but this movie the stakes were just as flipping high. I mean, you had an alien race coming to take over the world and, you know, but there was so much more humor in this. That was more authentic humor. That wasn't a fat Thor joke. You know, it, 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 yeah. I just, I feel like there was a lot more humor in this and in that whole, by the way, that whole bouncing Loki back and forth that carries literally through to Thor Ragnarok. When Loki goes, yeah, how's it feel? I mean, like, I mean, it, it, that, 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 pays off seven years later you know yeah. and, and Thor Ragnarok you know yeah I just I, I I don't know if you feel that way or not but I just feel like some of the earlier Marvel works they they're they're, they're heavier on the humor and they don't take themselves as serious as some of the later Marvel works well, I mean, you do have to kind of, in a cinematic universe, you do have to build the stakes. Like, obviously, the stakes in Infinity War feel bigger yeah. than the stakes in this one. Where, again, you can argue it's the same, but it feels like there's more weight, and so the characters take it more seriously. And so there, there is less, I don't say less humor. Infinity War and, and Endgame still have very funny moments, but... I felt like this was also really the first funny Avengers or MCU movie. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Well, Thor, Thor had some moments, but you're right. I, I think you're right. This one was 
again, I think the term that I'm looking for and maybe you're trying to articulate is authentic humor. Yes. It wasn't, it was, it, it was, it was organic. It was organic humor. And, and this is just an example of it. That is absolutely something the Hulk would do. And it's, it's absolutely, you know, astounding. And by the way, puny God is the, I believe the only thing that the Hulk ever says up until Thor Ragnarok. I don't think he has any other things that he says. I, I, I again, I could be wrong, but I think we'll, we'll find out in three or four days. Out, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy kind of starts to extend some of that humor. I can't wait to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy because, I mean, I think that was a movie that Marvel produced not realizing that it was going to be as big of a deal as it was. Oh, yeah. And so it it was written. And Thor Ragnarok is another example of them bringing the humor back. Yeah, absolutely. The the other payoff that I know we talked about yesterday, it's the Coulson payoff. That I remember watching that death in the theaters and, like, it was impactful, but it it didn't carry the weight because you hadn't really seen him. Whereas watching it in this order and in this close proximity to each other really makes that sacrifice and, and his fandom of the Avengers really pop a little bit more off the screen. Yeah. There's actually a lot of payoffs with, with this movie into previous movies and into future movies. I had the Coulson moment there again, very sad, you know, knowing what we know from Captain Marvel and, and stuff again, again, watching them in this proximity. The other one that I put on here too, was when, when Captain America says we won versus when an in game, you know, to, to, uh, to, or Cap says to Tony, I lost. And, and or one of them says, I lost. And the other one says we all lost. Like I, yeah. I truly believe that's a throwback to that initial line, you know, we won. <gasps> Couldn't stop him. Neither could I. I lost the kid. Tony, we lost. We see the Tesseract go back to Asgard here, which is, of yeah. course, where I believe it will stay until Thanos comes to get it. So uh, that's a, a big deal. So. Uh, did you notice how Barton is referred to as the Hawk in this? Not Hawkeye, the Hawk. The only reference you see of Hawkeye is there's a screen that posts him as Hawkeye. A screen? Yeah, so they're looking at, uh, they're in one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and they're looking at a screen of Black Widow and Hawkeye and it labels him as Hawkeye there. But otherwise, you're right. Like, there's there's no, it's it's Barton. That's who he is. That is who he is and he's Agent Barton. It's also an interesting take to have him as the, as a bad guy for two thirds of the movie too. You like see him come out and and again, you get that really awesome shot of the, of them on the ground. And again, you had mentioned already the sequence of each of them fighting, going from scene to scene. It's a full on sequence, which I thought was just phenomenal. Just amazing. Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon did an amazing job directing this movie. One really almost an impossible task. Cause if it was bad, you would have, you would have heard from the fans. Well, actually, and, you know, it's interesting that you say that because as I was doing my research last night, this was a quote from, from uh, Kevin Feige. People forget that we started filming Avengers before either Thor or Captain America were released. What holy cow. Hate, yeah. What if people hated Thor? What if people thought Loki was ridiculous? What if people didn't buy the super soldier frozen and ice? We were in the first quarter of production on a giant movie at that time, and we weren't going to stop. It was it was sort of all in at that point. Wow. Right? 
<laughs> and then here's another fun uh, fact: the shawarma scene, which I know you absolutely love. The yes. shawarma scene. Do you realize that that was filmed in one day on April twelfth, two thousand twelve, a day after the world premiere? No, I did not know that. Yep it was it was uh, it was filmed the day after the world premiere. So it premiered, and then they shot that scene after the fact. And apparently, ah. according to this. A shawarma sales in Los Angeles, St. Louis, and in Boston reportedly skyrocketed in the days that followed the film's release. Do yourself a favor, everybody. If you have not tried shawarma, do it. It is amazing. <laughs> That's too funny. I it, Again, it's important to remember that if you watch that scene, uh, Chris Evans and his, um, you'll see him kind of sitting with his, his, his fist up to his jaw. That's because he's wearing a prosthetic jaw because he had already begun filming another movie at that point And he had a beard. So yeah, we talked about that in our Avengers campus episode. Yeah. Did you know also one more fun fact I want to add to this? Um, Did you know that Disney and Sony actually agreed to have the Oscorp tower from the amazing Spider-Man to be included in the skyline scene but they decided Ooh. to drop that because the skyline had already been completed at that point. Oh, interesting, that right? Nice yeah, right. So they had agreed to it. So you know, if anything, that that kind of gives you some some you know future foretelling into kind of where Disney uh, uh, kind of you know where their head was at in terms of eventually bringing Spider Man over uh, to to the universe, right? So yeah. Well, Matt, any other thoughts uh, about the movie? Um, in case you all aren't already able to tell, we are already over our promised 23-minute length. We figured it's the Avengers. It's going to be a little bit longer. We apologize, but it's just hard to fit a conversation about the Avengers in 23 minutes. So we'll be close, but but you know, if you're looking at your clock going, come on, guys, it's been 23 minutes. Again, we want to make sure we have uh, everything in there. So do you have any other final thoughts on that, Matt? This is this is almost a perfect movie to be honest with you, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I, I it just it, yeah, I agree. I, I cannot disagree with you in any capacity. Just because I mean, then it's got everything. It's got exposition. It's got uh, it's got great action sequences, great character buildup. And again, it was a risk at the time. And we look at it now, going, well, it doesn't seem that big of a deal. But let's be honest with you. There's no other film franchise out there other than Star Wars, which I would argue even still has its problems that has been able to tackle this like this. Oh, yeah. I mean, DC hasn't been able to do it. Uh, the the Monsters Universe, Universal was trying to do, which failed spectacularly after The Mummy. Uh, <laughs> you know, no other no other, you know, universe or studio has been able to, to do this at all. And and they keep getting better with time. So I concur with you that this is, in every sense of the word, a perfect movie. And we're, I mean, we're only, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, we're not even a third through the list yet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> now, in fairness, we've got a couple of really rough ones up ahead of us. Iron Man 3 comes up tomorrow. And let's be honest, Thor The Dark World is probably the worst MCU movie made uh in terms of what critics and, and fans say alike oh really so, we're gonna have to discuss that one. Oh yeah no it's it is 
you it is panned at Thor the Dark World. A lot of people hate that movie. And Iron Man 3 is not much better, although it does introduce some new elements, which is really cool. You know, we're moving into phase two. And of course, then we get to the Winter Soldier, which is universally agreed that it's one of the best Marvel Universe movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to be up into Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, you know, which, you know, the fact that they even made a 1 uh, and it was successful says that, okay, well, we're going to make a 2, and then 2 was even better. I think 2 was great, uh, which then leads us to Age of Ultron, right? So, you know, we got quite the list ahead of us here, but, um, you know, I think it, it's worth saying that the Avengers was, was I mean, they could have stopped and it would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And the fact that they were able to keep going with relative perfection has been pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, it's closing time. You have anything? Well, let's do this. Uh, how do they get a hold of us? <laughs> uh, beers and ears, 1928 at gmail.com is our email. Facebook group, beers and ears podcast, Twitter, beers, ears, 1928, same Instagram. Uh, please tell your friends about this. If you know MCU people, um, let them know that we're doing this because we're having a ton of fun. This is a great way to prepare for Black Widow if you're an MCU fan. Rate and review us, and uh, new episodes are coming out every day for the time being. Yeah, and just on that note before we wrap up, it's important to realize that when this is all over with, you know, we'll be in a November, we'll be back to our regular schedule. If you have ideas for shows that you would like to see us do, Get into that Facebook group. Let us know. Uh, uh, tweet at us. You know, shoot us an email if you have an idea, something you'd like to hear when when we get back to our regular schedule. We would love to hear about that. For now, we are going to sign off. We will see you guys tomorrow when we talk about Iron Man Three. Have a great day, guys. See you, see you tomorrow.